Welcome to Community Pilot Podcast with me, Sergey Generalov. On the show, we invite community leaders to share their experience and reveal the insights of the community building through their stories. And today, we invited Lana Yelenyev. She is a community builder and a learning design specialist with a solid background in training and education. She provides support in various areas related to ideation, curriculum design, community building, and personal development. Lana is the co-author of the 90-Day Action Planner, a Kickstarter-baked planner for creative entrepreneurs. She is also a community alchemist and a strategist for Dream See Do, an online learning and community building platform for transformational leaders, NGOs, and community cultivators. Lana is also active in nonprofit work, spreadheading the educational campaigns for Neurodiversity Foundation and the leadership programs for She Dares. Lana, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you today. Thank you very much for having me. I'm so excited to be doing this podcast. Yeah, I mean, pleasure is mine. And uh, the first question I would love you to ask is, um, we actually met with Lana through Community Builders uh, Facebook group, uh, the one that Sasha recently talked about uh, on our episode. And the first question is, Lana, can you tell me about your background and how did you become a community builder and why did you join this group and just explain us who you are and what you're doing? Yes, I'll, I'll be glad to. Uh, it's interesting because uh, you've met Sasha or you've talked to Sasha. Um, on my end, I was able to meet with Fabian when he was in Amsterdam. But maybe let's backtrack a little bit in terms of who I am and what I do. So I, one of the titles that I use is I'm a community alchemist. I believe that uh, connecting in communities is magical and it's transformative. And that's also one of the reasons why I love helping uh, small and medium businesses, uh, companies to create communities. Um, I do consultancy work within the field of education. And uh, community building is one pillar in terms of how, uh, yeah, learning or practice or uh, getting, you know, getting more information out there can be done within a certain community or within a target audience. So that's, you know, on a nutshell, that's what I do. And how I got into community building is really basically my passion in in connecting with people in uh, doing activities. Uh, I recall that there wasn't there was a question uh, that was you know, posted it in one of the podcasts that I attended to and, and it was asked in terms of where I got my involvement in community. And I'm saying the same answer. I realized that it started when I was very young and I, I'm originally from the Philippines. So we're a very extended uh, community or extended culture. And for us living with, you know, within uh, relatives nearby or, you know, having people coming in and out, I've been exposed to that kind of an environment where uh, connecting with people day in, day out is very important or part of the the culture. And I remember there was, uh, what's this, that in the Philippines, we always have uh, what we call uh, city uh, celebrations. And with that, you know, you invite people from other cities to come. And that that has been my initial uh, introduction to how uh, communities can be, you know, can be initiated through food. That's that's one in the Philippines, or through certain rituals or to certain activities. Um, so in the Philippines, we have different rituals that or, or celebrations that different communities or different cities do 
whenever they have their their yeah their festivals and that for me has been my introduction to community so i can really say that it really dates back to when i was young and seeing the vast culture that that i was brought up in and that has made me appreciate communities a lot so like it's interesting that you mentioned that um in the past when you were young community was built through one of the uh, ways to build the community was the food yes you just gather around the table and you consume you enjoy the food and uh, uh, that's uh creates the community and uh, collaboration and discussions now in the age where most of us speak through text or online it's interesting that there's no food anymore <laughs> and what other ways you see that people using the community um what are the tools or ways you see people building communities today well this this um puts it you you know your next question about how i got into community builders uh, into perspective uh like what i mentioned i met with fabian is uh, one of the co-founders of the community canvas when he was here in amsterdam and i've been uh creating online communities before and when i met with fabian that was the uh yeah in essence that was like a, a an icing for for me because i've been using the community canvas and using it more as helping communities as put a foundation to to their programs or to their services and when i met with him the idea of the community builders is really to create you know a space where people can uh, learn together, can support each other in their work and um, see how we can expand on the things that we're doing. And this ties in with what I, you know, one of the things that I love talking about is the communities of practice and how I see the community builders as that channel. Um, so going back to your question in terms of how communities, you know, are built right now or what channels are done, I would say that uh, eating, you know, food is just one strategy but there's quite a lot of other ways that we can incorporate that sense of, of of belonging that sense of being together that sense of learning together and i see that both in online and face-to-face -face interactions like uh, i run a community which is she dares and we have virtual campfires every month and it's basically a gathering of women online we and we use Zoom uh, DreamCDU platform for it. And we, in essence, have that space, that virtual space to see each other, talk to each other, and have a facilitator that discusses about uh, specific topics. So that's one way of gathering people. Uh, we have Facebook groups, of course, where you can uh, yeah, talk or gather people related to different topics or different interests. Um, there's also social media, of course, is, the, is that channel, but there's also a means to say, yeah, creating a very specific community of practice. Uh, I'm part of IDEO's community of practice for their alumni, and I find it as a very powerful resource for myself in terms of my learning. So strategies are, uh, you know, there's quite a lot of strategies that we can use to really promote and build communities. I love your example of um, your um, gathering online, but actually, like what you said is uh, resonated is that um, it's the same. Uh, sense of belonging that you're trying to create, the same senses when people gather around um, the table. You're just trying to recreate them online. And really, it's tools are just the way, it's not a way to do it, it's just uh, tools. And then um, you just need to have a framework or uh, understanding what exactly kind of conversations that you're trying to facilitate. 
yes. and work towards that, right? Yes, this is Sorry? true. Okay. I mean, this, what you're saying is, I guess, the essential part of community building, of knowing that um, it's not about the goals. It's not about just, you know, just the metrics or or even the tools, but it goes back to the intentions, you know, why are you creating that community in the first place? Who are you serving? You know, what's important for them? And then the strategies will follow. So that sets me up, uh, and you mentioned it already, about the the topic of uh, this episode that I'm trying to um, discuss with you is a community of practice. This is something that you've been um, uh, recently very vocal on the community builders uh, group. And uh, can you tell us more about it? Uh, what's the community of practice in a nutshell and uh, how can we use it today? Uh, I would like to put it in the lens of how I see communities first. So from, uh, from my experience in terms of building communities and also seeing how communities grow and how communities thrive, I see that there are four general classifications wherein communities can be uh Put together or set up. So there's the, the, the common, you know, a uh, common one will be a community of inquiry. Um, there's, d- these are usually forum type of communities or communities that are born out of a sense of, oh, I'd want to get some information about something and uh, the community provides that information. Um, so the, a community of inquiry, I would say, can be that, you know, low, low level uh, way of getting into a community or getting to understand what the community is about. And then there's also, uh, what's this, from from the community of inquiry, you also have communities of practice, which you, you were asking about. And these are people who, or groups of people who share a specific passion about something that they do and react, interact uh, regularly. And this can mean, you know, a, a very good example of a community of practice would be masterminds or uh, what's this um, community of practice can be learning groups. So basically, these are communities that convene around a shared purpose or a do- specific domain of study or a specific purpose, and they practice or take part in some form of collaboration, connection, uh, and and very conscious integration of whatever they're uh, practicing on or whatever content that is that they're uh, talking about. Or So that's a community of practice. And then we have also communities of belonging wherein the, the main intention behind it is to, uh, yeah, to feel that you are part of uh, either you know an association, a congregation, uh, a religion. Um, so the, the the purpose is more defined in terms of how yeah people would feel in within the community. Whereas community of practice is more of that learning practice. And then I see also that communities of uh, change is another area to look at. These are, you know, communities built by social enterprises or uh, built around specific movements, um, built around specific uh, change makers and the idea that, you know, together we can we, we can do something different. So I see communities within these four lenses and, um, and yeah, to go back to what you were saying about communities of practice, I really see this as more of uh, the, the learning you know, uh, within each one of us and how we can improve or how we can uh, be with others to support each other's learning or support each other's growth. And um, I see that as, you know, like, like community builders. It's in one form 
a community of practice, especially with the you know the learning calls that we're having right now. Um, and uh, I'm also going to start a very specific small group. Uh, of community of practice within community builders to really talk about the community canvas. So I see that as more of going towards that, you know, defining it by a learning community. This is interesting because uh, education is a big topic these days. I mean, even YouTube is um, giving out grants for YouTubers to who work in the education space to give them more time to create educational content. So how do you see this um, correlates? Community of practice is a community of learning. So learning means that people exchange um, and learn from each other, but also there is uh, the content that, that they need for learning. I see a lot, and I actually recently we had the podcast with a social entrepreneur from Russia mm-hmm. who runs the social, like uh, on a social network in Russia, he runs a educational group where people exchange information about uh, finances. And uh, do you also see those kinds of communities as a community of practice where there is, there is a person who produces the content for education and people who consume this content are uh, exchanging and learning from each other as well, yes. as well as uh, from the main source? Yes, definitely. I'd like to point out, and I did write about this in, in, in a blog, so my I can share that link with you as well. Um, Certain studies on communities of practice are are, are abound. You know, there's there's quite a lot of studies on how do you design effective communities of practice. And there are seven key principles that was uh, in in the study of McDermott and Snyder in 2002. And these are, you know, in essence, these are the the key principles to look at when you're creating a community of practice. Um, One, you've already, you know, you've already mentioned about uh, those who are participating, you know. Um, So communities of practice have the, you know, that notion that they need to accept and encourage varying levels of participation. So it can be like what you said, uh, people who are sharing the information is part of the community of practice. There are people who are taking in the information. Um, In some communities, there are also lurkers, you know, they they are listening, they are, uh, what's this, Uh, consuming the information, but they're not actively uh, involved in it, but so there's different or varying levels of participation that happens within a community of practice. Um, that's so that's one big key principle, and um, oftentimes there's that understanding that there's these different levels allow us also to say, okay, but how can we then encourage um, members to to really participate? given the you know the level that they are in or uh the, the engagement that they are in um i can give you a very good example like say for example in a facebook community you probably have what a thousand in a in a group but very little would be um engaging so that's that's a clear idea of okay there are varying levels of participation so different people within the community you need to provide them with different activities or varying um, strategies again we go to strategies to get them involved so that's that's one key design to think of when creating communities of practice so i have the follow-up question on that actually let's say that as the community manager you see that like in your group there's a much more consumers like a lot of more 
like ratio that people who just consume the content, especially I think in the community of practice where there's a, uh, a lot of learning content and a lot of people just consume, they don't share. How do you, as a community manager, how can you, what kind of tricks you can use to engage those people? And as I understand, your goal is to transition these people from the consumer group to uh, yeah. other groups and just transition them up the level where they actually will also be teaching other people. Yeah, definitely. Because basically, when you're looking at communities of practice, it's taking it to the realm of, uh, you know, getting information only to participating in in the information and strengthening, you know, how that information is shared, either within the community and hopefully also outside of the community. So like, I would like to share the example of IDEO. So IDEO, uh, it's, it's an international firm on design thinking, and they've created a community of practice for their alumni. And in the community of practice for, for IDEO, I think there's about 150 or more of us in the community. And there's varying levels of uh, engagement within, you know, within the people that are there. But what is uh, nice to see in, in the community of practice is there's varying levels also of where you can get involved. So like, say, for example, um, we have skill shares that you can take part of. You can also, uh, what's this, join small groups. So these strategies are very important to get them to move away from just consuming information or taking in information and then to really be active. Uh, how I see it is, again, going back to that question of, you know, who are you serving? And within, you know, within this community of practice, how best would they want? want to get information and how best would you want, you know, would, would it uh, be designed? So I'm putting in that, you know, my learning experience designer hat on in terms of asking what's, yeah, what's the best way to design the interaction, the engagement, uh, the, the rituals, the practices that happens within the community. And that is a discussion that goes again back to who you're serving, you know, the human-centered approach to uh, building communities. Yeah, I think this the question is uh, who you serving, who your customer, who you trying to um, like help. Like this question goes across all industries and all the uh, challenges when you try to create something. The first question you should ask is who you're creating it for. Yes. And what what are you trying to give them? Not like the give is very important. And and this is also why uh, among co community builders that I talk to, and I think with with uh, Sasha Fabian and uh, and the, some of the team in the community builders, uh, we've had discussions about this. And one of the tenets that I actually say, okay, I'm not for, uh, would be you know start with why. I I do definitely see as a community builder, we start with who. Uh, we start with who are we serving in the first place? Um, and the why comes from knowing, you know, knowing them, understanding their needs. And the why entails, you know, finding out the strategies. But it, yeah, as a community builder, it really needs to be a human-centered approach and, uh, yeah, a firmer understanding of the, the, the community that you're building. It's actually like just yesterday, uh, I was thinking about exactly this topic in uh, product management um, uh, space, but I was thinking that anything that I do should start with who, then follow with why, 
And only after that, I should ask what. Yeah. So who do I try to uh, create it for? Yes. Why they need it? And what I can do to help them uh, with their problem or need or what I create in. Um, and, and why is I it think, important for me? I guess that's also oh, a question. Yes. <laughs> and maybe reason, uh, yes. Uh, why is it important for me? What is it for, in it for me? And actually, actually, this is like entire, like a huge topic for discussion is why is it important for me? I think I will ask that we are almost close to the end of the podcast, but I think it's really important to ask, why are you doing it? <laughs> why and what is it in it for you? As a community builder, as a community manager, there is not an, a, like a lot of money in the community, I guess. So why are you doing it? Like, what is it for you? For me, I I really uh, focused on community when I realized that I'd want to uh, live, you know, within my values. I'd want to be surrounded by people who I can connect with authentically and with full vu- vulnerability. So for me. On that, you know, on that side of why am I building communities? Why am I engaged in communities? It's for that reason, because I do want to see or, or to be part of a world that yeah, takes care of each other, uh, connects with each other, um, can interact with each other authentically. And, and so it, it comes from a while ago when we were, you know, when we were talking, you said, you know, that there's a selfishness part. Uh, when we're doing things. Um, I actually don't use the word selfish. I use the word self-full. So why I'm doing community work is because it gives me that self-fullness, knowing that, you know, when I, you know, when I interact with other community builders, um, share with them some strategies that I know that has worked um, or, yeah, or help my clients in in putting their communities online or offline. it gives me that self-fullness that it keeps me, yeah, it keeps me energized. It keeps me knowing that I have contributed and that I am changing the world in the way that I want, you know, I want to see it. So this is my, yeah, this is my reason, you know, this is my why. My, it feels, it fills me up. So that is, yeah, basically why I'm doing it. I think uh, this is great. I think people in general need to, uh, Waking up on Monday and going to work, they need to get um, feel energized. They need to like what they're doing. And I think the self-fullness is an amazing word to describe uh, the why I'm doing it. On that note is, um, let me finish. And I would love to finish with the fireside uh, questions. It's a simple, I ask you a question and you give me a short answer. 30 seconds, less, more, just we try to keep it short. Okay. Um, are you ready? Sure. Awesome. So uh, the first question is, as a community manager who just start or going with building communities, um, what book would you recommend me to, to read on that topic or maybe other topic? Uh, I would say the quickest one that, that comes to my mind will be Tribes by Seth Godin. Oh, I like this. <laughs> I think, uh, I think uh, this is on my to-do list to read. <laughs> There's also okay, The Art so of Community... The... From Charles Fulhall. So there's quite a lot if, if you think about it. Peter Block is also a, a good resource. But yeah, the first thing that came to mind is Tribes by Seth Godin. Oh, you mentioned the blog. Um, is there any blogs that you read? Uh, aside from the, the... I don't specifically read blogs, but I do you know, with the Community Canvas. So I'm one of the stewards for the Community Canvas. So that's one. Um, there's also... Uh, what's this? 
from the top of my head, I forgot Sasha uh, Fabian's uh, blog. I'll send that link with you. So that's another, you know, that's another blog that uh, comes to my feed regularly. Okay, awesome. So the next question is, as somebody who just starts the community, uh, what would you recommend me to do? What one thing I should focus on to su- to succeed? I would say start with who, you know, really define who you're serving. Uh, I, I really see the human-centered approach as very important. So uh, understanding what are their needs, you know, what are their pain points, what, uh, where, you know, where they are in their life journey. So the entire life mapping of uh, of your community or your ideal community members is one, one exercise that can give uh, a clear idea of where to start first um, because we might have our you know we might have our ideas but at the end of the day if it doesn't match with the needs of those we are serving then it wouldn't you know it wouldn't fly it wouldn't uh, uh, take shape so I would say really be sure in understanding who you're you know who you're serving and from there Try, you know, try strategies, um, implement certain things and always, you know, on, on a regular basis, reflect on is this working or is it not working? You know, do I perse- persevere on this or do I pivot? But first, know who you're creating a community for. I love it. And my last question is uh, kind of open-ended ended question, but um, community. Do you think it's a marketing tool? Is this a way to change the way people communicate in the world? I think this is also one of the the conversations that a lot of community builders have. Um, the differentiation between brand communities and uh, what's this? In, in that sense, that's that becomes then a marketing tool. How I see communities is like what I said within that lens of is it you know a community of inquiry? Is it a community of practice? Is it a community of belonging? Or is it a community of change? And it's I see it as a very integral part of who we are. It's not something that we can say we, we can't do without. Um, we are, you know, in a sense, we are programmed to seek others and connect with others. And this is something that is very crucial when it comes to uh, looking at the lens of what community is about. So it's not something that we can take out. Um, but a lot of people mistake, you know, the true essence of a community as a, a brand community. So I just want that, you know, to have that differentiation. So communities, when I talk about communities, is not specifically on brand communities. I absolutely agree. I think uh, brand communities is a different kind of communities and it's more a marketing tool than a way for people to uh, communicate. Exactly. On that, uh, on that positive note, is I try to wrap the episode. And thank you, uh, Lana, for joining me today. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, my pleasure. Uh, anyone? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we will share links uh, to um, to your Facebook page, so people I think should be able to ask you follow up questions. Uh, and uh, thank you again for joining me today. My pleasure, and thank you for bringing this out. You know, we need more of this to the world. I will try my best. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Community Pod podcast. To read more about Social Innovation Youth Incubator, please see the links in the description to the podcast. Check out our previous episodes and subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, or SoundCloud. Stay tuned.